here with Marco Sakarji uh, from CL. You're the responsible for the Southeast region of uh, communion and liberation. And I just want to talk to you about some themes of the, the group or the movement, CL we call it, and, and maybe some insights of what is CL and insights into the founder. So let's talk about that first. What is CL? Okay. <laughs> what is CL? It's a friendship, okay, mm -hmm. if we want to define it in, in very simple terms. A friendship that has the aim of um, understanding and living the faith in, in community and going to the basics of Christianity. Mm -hmm. The fact that the faith is, first of all, an encounter. And this encounter moves everything in the person and brings naturally people together in community. And living in community, you discover the origin of the diversity that you found in the people. And the origin is Christ. Mm -hmm. And getting to learn Christ and continuing to live in the community that in some way follows us through the different stages of our experience. You know, mm -hmm. I met uh, CL in high school when I was young, many years ago, and then it continued as a beautiful experience in college, which is usually where you lose your faith. Mm -hmm. <laughs> For us, it was exactly the opposite. The experience of college was extraordinary, positive, and uh, appealing, and uh, um, I can talk regarding that if, if you want to know more. But well, then when we got married, we started to live in, in a group of fraternity of CL, um, educating our kids, taking decisions regarding where to live, how to work, and, and continues to develop and going deeper in our faith in, mm -hmm. in a group of families. And you're from Milan. I am from Milano, yeah. We moved nice. to U.S. in, in 2000, mm -hmm. initially in the Midwest, in Dayton, Ohio, and then I moved to Atlanta mm -hmm. in 2010. Okay. And when you got married and lived in community, what does that mean, like, to live in community? You're not... Yeah, it's clearly not that we are living together, you know, everybody lived in his own place, apartment, yeah. in a big city of Milan. But we got together regularly, meaning at least every couple of weeks, um, studying the text of Father Giussani, we met together and discussed and shared our experiences, our, our questions. But the life together, <clears throat> for example, vacationing together, going in Italy we have long vacations mm -hmm. <laughs> two or three weeks at a time mm -hmm. so we went to the to the mountains or to the seaside and spent together time uh, free time together praying together you know continuing to discuss staying with our kids visiting places but you know mm -hmm. in, in this idea that the unity of life you know mm -hmm. the fact that you know the faith touches everything every aspect mm -hmm. not only the religious sphere Mm -hmm. It touches the way you look at work, the way you are challenged in the family with the education of the kids, and requires a companionship that is helping you to look at everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, also the recognition that, you know, we are, I, I am still new <laughs> to the faith, you know, is a process that is ongoing. And if you do not nurture it, you lose it. Mm -hmm. So faith needs to continuously be developed and understood 
And, and we need to continue to compare the proposal of the faith to the challenges of life mm -hmm. so that the judgment becomes more clear and more appealing. And you understand that the hypothesis of, of the faith is, much, is, the, is the most human and the most comprehensive. So you say, ah, I get another confirmation. So mm -hmm. let's tackle the next problem, etc. And you know, some people have the <clears throat> secular culture, they see the challenges to the faith, they experience that, and their solution is kind of to withdraw or to get into a bunker, so to speak. CL gives me the impression of you all like to find the good or to find Christ in, in like modernity, right? And the things that try to find the good. <clears throat> yeah. I one example of that is this New York encounter that we organize every every year in New York, where we meet people of every religion, every political direction uh, we, we can think of with uh, an intense dialogue in which we think that clarity regarding where you start from, but this desire to encounter everybody opens friendships, even if from different positions that stay different, but mm -hmm. you know, in some way are reconciled in the friendship that is created, in the dialogue that is created. But Ajusani always invited us to, to judge everything, okay? Not to, because again, the faith needs to be confirmed in his judgment in front of everything. It mm -hmm. can stay uh, like the set of beliefs that we have and the problem is resolved. No, no. What do you say in front of Ukraine? What does it say in front of, you know, the trans, transgender in, in, in women's sports, etc.? You know, is in, inviting us. I remember Father Giussani taught in Catholic University and all the students that were in, in the community with him were constantly challenged by him. Mm. Okay. What do you say now in front of this event that is happening in society? He mm. was challenging them and helping them to develop right. a judgment on that, that that could be then offered to everybody right. and corrected, you know, because sometimes you make mistakes when you try, you know, the first time to, right. to look at things. I, I know as a priest, I get the question a lot. I wonder how to navigate it myself at times. Like we have a media drenched culture and how do we enjoy media? Like, you know, Father, can I go see this movie? It seemed like Jasani, when I, I've seen like a documentary on him and it, it I thought the movement would, you know, like you could see maybe the young people singing like secular songs or popular music and maybe finding ones with some good themes. But it, it, to me, that seems to be a hard balance of enjoying or, I don't know, enjoying is not a strong enough word, but, you know, being in the culture and doing cultural things. But is it misleading me? Is it guiding me down the wrong path? Is it leading me to the gospel? That seems like hard navigation, isn't yeah, it? It's, it's not an easy navigation, mm -hmm. but I think there are glimmers of truth everywhere. Mm -hmm. So uh, the challenge is to find them and not to quench them, not to, to kill them, but to, to value them mm -hmm. and to, you know, not everything is good. I right, totally agree right. with you, but there is some good here and there. Right. And that's the point of, of encounter. Also, the point of encounter is the fact Don Giussani told us many times, the heart of the man is the same. So if we can start from what is in the heart of man, the desire for happiness, the desire for justice, for truth, is 
in everybody, in every man. That's the starting point where mm -hmm. we can find. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, the answers could be different and the culture could be different and mm -hmm. the histories could be different. But at that point, um, there is a good starting point. For example, he was a great friend of the monks uh, in, in Japan. They are Sintoists, okay? mm -hmm. not, not, not even Christians. Mm -hmm. And he, he, they, they were his great friends. And they even came from Japan for his funeral because the, we shared with them the idea of the harmony of nature. And they were so struck by the fact the, the, you know, that the beauty of the blade of grass that found in Father Giussani the same kind of, uh, of interest. And Giussani said that I couldn't, when I met them for the second or third time, uh, not to tell them, you see, this harmony that you uh, cherish in nature became flesh mm. and was a man walking among us. Okay. He did tell them he that? Did, he, did he did tell yeah. them. And that made them even more friends uh, mm. of him because they mm. you know, were not Christians. So, but they understood okay, right. where right. he was coming from right. and the common path that they had and the great esteem for each other because you know, stories are different. And, right. But uh, that's the basis for the friendship, you know, this awe in front of nature. And then mm -hmm. Father Giussani was in some, some way inviting them to take it to the, to the next steps. Right. But, you know, sometimes, you know, it takes a long time to, to right. take the step and the right. histories are different right. and so on. But you see, this allows to really to talk with everybody. If the starting point is humanity and the desires that are in, in the heart of man. Yeah, I, I, that, that hit me about like some of like the radical feminism we have in this country and and even some of the social movements that you know like black lives matter you know we had some violence occurring and things like that but yet it was helpful to recognize the good desires of people maybe wanting justice or hey there's a problem here or you know they're suffering or and wanting some kind of solutions i like with like feminism the radical feminists you know they have a concern for women and family you know and some of their solutions are you know anti the gospel values but yeah i think it's good to say well hey they're they want they're trying to seek something better something good sometimes their means are bad you know but uh yeah i think that's a great point that we can recognize that as a starting point but what how about the role of beauty what would Jasani say the importance of beauty that seems to be a sweet spot oh, wow. for <laughs> yeah no definitely and, and i tell you um staying with him um spiritual exercises or um, other events um it was extremely um, interested in seeing things uh, done with beauty. For example, he, the singing had to be perfect. Okay, mm. And I remember a couple of times when we were starting to pray and we sing the hymn of the morning prayers, him stopping us, saying, you're not singing it in the right way. Right. Okay, You are distracted. I can hear in your voice that right. you are not focused. And, and teaching us how to stay focused mm -hmm. and approach and and seeing where to to breathe so he, he wanted to see 
the face of the eternal in that contingent right. event that was happening in front of his eyes. Okay, mm. or the way we distribute a communion <laughs> when we have spiritual exercises for twenty-four thousand people. You have to distribute communion in ten minutes to mm. twenty-four thousand people. Mm. How do you do it? It was not a detail. It's mm. something that we discussed with him. Where are we going to put mm. the people, the, the number of priests? How are we going to take the priests to the different points? He wanted the gesture to have a beauty in itself. All right. The beauty of the order, the, of right. you know, taking care of all the details. Mm. So, yeah. Other things that he, um, I remember, um, especially spiritual exercises, you know, it could be, you know, a lot of content, words, things, but it decided usually done during the weekend. But on Saturday afternoon, it was always either classical music or him presenting a piece of literature or watching a movie together. Um, but was always the proposal of an event of beauty, of something beautiful moving the heart of man, mm. because there is nothing that moves the heart like beauty. Mm. And the last thing that I, I, I remember is um, the, the vacations, you know, going on vacations and um, the, the beauty of nature and stay in, in front of the beauty of nature. For example, when we were hiking, 1,000 people in silence going to the peak. Mm. Imagine to see 1,000 people not talking mm. and looking around mm -hmm. because if you are not uh, open to the beauty, you don't see it. Right. So that was the, educate, the invitation to open your eyes, don't talk, look around you, and be right. struck by the beauty that you see. Right. And that in itself was, you know, an incredible experience. And he was from northern Italy? Yes, him? he was from a, a village right at San Milan. Okay. And it, it, some of these themes seem so Italian, you know, like friendship, kind of gregarious people, warm people. You have the beauty of northern Italy with mountains and things. Um, so that played a significant role in CL. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. Imagine also the all the culture that we have in Italy um, related to Christianity, the, all the churches, the music. Um, just Father Giussani loved music a lot, and. Classical music was a favorite. lot of classical mm -hmm. music, and he used a lot of pieces of classical music to illustrate, for example, the um, in his book um, that is the religious sense. That is his first book of this trilogy. Um, in order to illustrate the fact that the heart of man has the desire, unquenchable desire for happiness, it was. Um, making us listen to one of the uh, prelude of Chopin called the, the Drop. Mm -hmm. That is a beautiful piece of music in which he was saying, there is a beautiful melody in the foreground. And he understood after listening to this piece many times that the real theme of the music was not the beautiful melody, but was this note in the background that keeps on hammering from the beginning to the end. And he said, the theme of the music what attracts in life is not the beauty of the things that happen, but the heart of man that beats behind that from the beginning to the end, and mm. then describe different passages. But you know, for us young students, you know, 
in front of this proposal was really having eyes wide open <laughs> and say, oh my, that's true, you know, and even surprising in, in, in music, this, I, this concept, you know, was really moving. What was the, what piece was that, Chopin? I have to find, it's uh, one of the preludes, uh, um, Opus 28, oh, wow. uh, I have to send you, but it's called The Drop, if you Google it, I think you will the find drop, it. The Drop, D-R-O. Yeah, the drop, okay. because it's like a, a drop of rain oh, that oh, hammers, okay. you know, from the beginning yeah. to the end. And like this constant note or the desire of the heart that, you know, sometimes, you know, people in life, you know, we struggle with things. Maybe we're wounded or have some hurt or something, and we're trying to heal that. And it seemed like we discover things, and maybe it drives us to find a solution or this experience that can help us. I suppose we're lonely a lot as a child, right? So now we seek friendship and we, we cultivate that as a very, does that have a big role like the cross and suffering and our sensitivity to beauty or to communion and... Um... Yeah, I think so. Meaning that I discover in myself this unquenchable desire that even encountering an answer in Jesus gets satisfied, but the effect of that one is not to resolve the problem, but open even wider the angle of the desire. Mm. Okay, so this is the dynamic. And by the way, if you uh, reference the Divine Comedy of Dante Alighieri, you will find exactly the same concept. Um, when uh, Dante talks regarding the encounter with with God. is is talking regarding a, a thirst that is quenched and at the same time is even bigger. Mm. So uh, for me, the problem of happiness is not a problem resolved and finished. It's the problem that is continuously, uh, because my heart wants continuous confirmation, continuous satisfaction. And, you know, uh, it's not enough to say, okay, I found it, problem solved. Right. You know, it's, right. it's endless, you know, it will yeah. continue until the end. And hopefully paradise will be a constant experience of satisfaction. Right. It's a dynamic, it's not a, a static, okay, problem solved and finished. And this desire is not, um, like, what are the role of the emotions? And it seemed like a... Sometimes a solution could be kind of an emotional thing, but we're talking about something deeper. Like I hear okay. a piece of music maybe that moves me emotionally. Okay. Emotions are important because emotions are triggering the movement, okay? Mm -hmm. Because without emotion, we would be dead, okay? So we will see a beautiful thing without emotion. We will not be even pushed towards the beauty. We will be mm -hmm. neutral, not right. moving. So emotions are important. The problem is that emotions can't be the end of it. Mm -hmm. At a certain point, reason has to kick in, okay? <laughs> and I, I laugh because, uh, again, I, I quote Dante in the Vita Nova, and Dante in the Vita Nova describes love for Beatrice at a certain point. He said, love never was in my heart as an emotion without the good advice of reason, mm -hmm. okay? so. Uh, for me, emotion, if we stay at the level of emotions, emotions go away. And the second time is a little worse because <laughs> it, there is not the newness of the first time. Right, right. 
with reason is just the opposite okay because the more you 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 get into a truth the deeper you go the more you get out of it so it's an endless journey so emotions are a good to start but they are not carrying along very far mm. you need reason and <clears throat> for Giussani he really appealed to our reason a lot mm. okay and if you read one of his uh, books the risk of education he, he tells the story of his first uh, hour in high school when he got into a class and a student from the back raised his hand and he said oh my he thought oh my goodness i'm not even <laughs> starting and there is already an objection <laughs> and in reality there was an objection and the student said um, father um, it's useless that you come here you know to to talk to us because we perfectly know that faith and reason have no point of contact so you coming from faith you're mm -hmm. wasting your time uh, Giussani mm -hmm. was really oh okay mm -hmm. uh, but being pretty quick and smart <laughs> immediately reacted saying okay what is reason mm -hmm. and the student was not able to answer mm -hmm. and, and the class was laughing you know mm -hmm. say what is faith Mm -hmm. and no answer so it's hey friends you know if you are not able even to define the the mm -hmm. terms of the problem and he said i thought that the problem was the teacher of philosophy that was behind all this so it happened that at the end of the hour and in italy the students stay in the class and the professor go back and forth uh, the philosophy professor were coming in <laughs> so father giussani took the opportunity to say Dear professor, I complain, your students are using terms that, you know, they are not, not doing the meaning of. Right. And, and, and the, the, of course, the philosophy teacher got immediately reactive yeah. and started. But, you know, Giussani had to go to the next <laughs> class and say, listen, 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 for the students, for the students, let me ask you a question, professor, let me ask you a question. Listen, I've never been to United States, but I can reasonably affirm that United States exists. Do you think this is reasonable or not? Mm -hmm. And the philosophy teacher thought for a second and said, no. Mm -hmm. And then he turned to the class and said, listen, it's not a problem of faith that I'm a priest or not. It's a fundamental difference in the way we think about reason. Okay, mm -hmm. for this professor, it's unreasonable to think that the United States exists. For me, it's perfectly reasonable because this is the method of faith. Right. Okay, so it's not a problem of right. religion or not it's a problem right. of the idea of reason right. if reason is a mechanism no if reason is this openness that you know allows you to know things it's it's yeah. a different story yeah. so he appealed to us on the idea and on to use our reason because reason take us to the threshold where faith then mm. can take over go further yeah and it develops a lot of, of this thinking in another book that's very interesting on faith um, um, is it possible to live this way um, is, is the title of the book is a dialogue with, with young people and uh, it talks regarding faith as a method of knowledge and it's, it's beautiful is i found it extremely right yeah right. interesting and you were telling me uh, earlier that you uh, you knew Father Giussani's spiritual director. Yes, yes. In, 
It was a Franciscan friar, Father Emmanuel Braghini, um, and he lived uh, a couple of blocks away from my house where I lived in Milan, and was the confessor of Father Giussani. And they were great friends and very often together. By the way, Father Emmanuel came to every spiritual exercises of, of high school students or university students. He celebrated Mass for the movement of CL every Sunday for, for years in Milan. And uh, um, yeah, was an extraordinary person. I, I still remember he, some of his homilies and, and the points uh, that, that he made. Um, he was a great friend. And you know, the, the friendship with Father Giussani started when uh, Father Giussani went looking for a, a confessor. One day, they were both a young mm-hmm. priests, uh, and Father Emmanuel had just been ordained uh, as well. And uh, that's the way they, they got to meet each other. They met again at the bus stop, and they realized that he was the priest that he had mm. just confessed a few minutes before. And from that point, he, he never, they never left each other. And Father Giussani, was a, he was a diocesan priest? Or? Yes. yes. Okay. I- initially, uh, after um, uh, being ordained, he taught at the seminary in Venegono, mm. the major seminary uh, of, of the city of Milan. He was very qualified, very intelligent, very so they wanted him as a teacher. Then it happened that one day he, he, he was on a train going to Genova in, um, with some students by chance and started to talk with them. And they realized that, you know, we were talking regarding the 50s, the end of the 50s, that even if the society was Catholic and 90% of the people went to church, the mentality of the young generations was not not knowing the truth of the faith, mm. but not even considering them. So the mentality of the young people was had already moved on to something else. Mm-hmm. And he was really moved by that. So he went back to, to the seminary and to his director and said, listen, I would like to go and teach in high school because this is where the mentality of the people is forming. Mm-hmm. And I want to be there, you know, when mm-hmm. that happens. And they said, okay, you can go. And, and they started to teach at the Berche High School in Milan. I had someone tell me one time, uh, he was actually an American, he was a student at one of the Catholic universities schools in Rome, and, and he said he he didn't get his degree because he was hanging out in coffee shops all the time, but he, <laughs> he got to know the Italian young people, and he said he found them to be very inquisitive about the faith, but what they didn't like was that how the faith was tied to the secular culture for so long in Italy. And they wanted something better, like in government and politics, whatever. But they saw that the church, I guess historically and stuff, was so tied that to reject the current system also necessitated rejecting the faith. Do you think that is that, is that what you see somewhat? Or Yeah, but that model... I, I perfectly understand, you know, the uh, majority party was Christian Democrats, mm-hmm. was the name of the party, with a, a very strong tie with uh, the, the, the conference of bishops and, and so on. So it was mm-hmm. politically immediately associated with the church. Mm-hmm. and uh, But that model went in, in crisis in the 90s with the fragmentations, you know, the Christian Democrat lost their majority. I mean, there were a lot of political events 
that from one side cause the fragmentation of the, of the big parties in, in smaller right. parties, uh, and from the other the, the point really brought to a completion, a sort of process of disintegration and separation uh, of, of the Christian Democrats from, from the church itself. So it's a secularization of that mm. party that in a certain sense made things a little easier because separated finally mm -hmm. the party from, mm -hmm. from the, the image mm -hmm. of the church, um, making it a little easier you know, to choose for the church and not having to associate that with, with a particular political party. But uh, I, I, yeah, I and, understand the concern yeah. that it was definitely, at least in the 80s and the 90s, yeah. a very common problem. And maybe he meant it too, just like in terms of like Italy with so much history and architecture and you get buildings that are hundreds of years old and beautiful art, but you can't change it, right? It's works of art or something. And like the young people are wanting something new and they just saw they had to reject all this past for the new. Probably, yeah, that, definitely. I, I think it's interesting you said that Giussani wanted to teach them the contents of the faith. Uh, it almost, because to me, Giussani always seems like he's, he's kind of embracing the new, and it seems, to me, I read some of his things, and it's like, it just seems complicated. You know, it, it doesn't seem like a, a content-driven approach I'm like jumping to like a catechetical approach, you know. Yeah, it's definitely not catechetical in the sense of re, re because the problem is that people do not listen any longer. Words do not seem to move anybody. Not mm -hmm. even the perfect thinking syllogism is moving anybody. Right. And that was happening when, when I was a young, you know, adult mm -hmm. um, at that time. What moves people is to meet something interesting, okay? To meet mm -hmm. something different in which you perceive a difference, a different humanity, a different way of, of people that are staying together in a different way, mm -hmm. that are doing things that you think are very boring in an in, in interesting way. So the problem of, the, of the immediate um, um, visibility of the community uh, and, and, and the presence in the environment was always to the forefront. Um, Giussani, I think, um, as soon as he started to teach in high school, in Italy there is usually recess in the middle of the day, 20 minutes, people go and buy something to eat and they chit chat, you know. Giussani was a group of people say, who are those? Oh, th those are the socialists. You know, they are discussing regarding their plans. Okay, well, what, what is the other group over there? Oh, th those are the communists that are discussing. And he said, where are the Christians? The Christians? Why should we have Christians? Mm -hmm. Everybody was Christian. Okay. He said, oh, the Christian, what do they say about, you know, mm -hmm. the new legislation? What do they say? So he started to gather around him Mm -hmm. kids that were interested to discuss it, but with the objective of making that present visible, mm -hmm. okay, in the school, mm -hmm. okay, because if the faith is a total approach to life, it must be visible. It can't be hidden behind the common mentality of the culture. No, mm -hmm. this aspect of, of understanding what is different, why it is different, and that this um, get understood in a companionship with others and, and putting us together. 
you know, to understand that together has always been a, a concern. And so, yeah, so that's like a, like we look at the modern problems, I think you see a lot of people comment on the isolation that takes place in America, especially like consumerism and our entertainment can be very specialized. I get in my little ghetto, so to speak. And and I used to say like in America in the 70s, we're all watching the same thing on television, right? We're no longer doing that. We don't even share like entertainment together. <laughs> but it seemed like, right, I think what you've mentioned, like the CL approach is to build community that is, that's an answer to many problems today, correct? That, yeah, I think so because one of the things that I see is that people are alone, you know, at every age, every every group. Um, people that are not conceiving themselves as part of a community. Mm. And this has made humanity very poor, you know, very limited, very focused on their own little things. Um, going back to live a real level, a real experience of, of community is not only enriching for, for the human being, but opening to all the problems of the world. And, uh, you know, um, for us, the experience of the community has always been a, a, a push towards encountering everybody, being present wherever we, we are. For example, I traveled a lot. I was a consultant, you know. Everywhere I went in Europe, I was looking, went looking for communities of CL and meeting a lot of people, a lot of new people that mm -hmm. I never met before. But this desire of wherever you go, have around you an experience that helps you to continue to grow in your faith, even even for a couple of hours or for a dinner, mm -hmm. you know, but not, okay, I go abroad, I go and visit the museum is my thing. Mm -hmm. No, it's this desire that what you have seen as good, you can find everywhere. When we came to United States in Dayton, Ohio, the closest community was in Chicago. And uh, after a few days we had arrived, there was a vacation in Minnesota. I threw the kids in the car and mm -hmm. I drove 17 hours to go and stay. <laughs> That's American. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a discovery of the distances. But it was not a... a because you, you wanted to, to find again what... Uh, constitutes you, wh what is at the root of, of yourself, you know. You want to see Christ in the faces of your friends, even friends that you do not know. And you're willing to do a sacrifice and to drive 17 hours just mm -hmm. to stay a week with these new people that are now mm -hmm. my friends that, you know, mm -hmm. I, I see and the every time. And the mechanics of the meeting would be to talk about like experiences in life and bringing Christianity to engage that or reflect upon Yeah, that. at the center of the work that we do is what we call a school of community, mm -hmm. which is a weekly meeting on mostly on texts of Father Giussani, so that we continue to uh, compare our experience with a judgment, with a, a text that in some way allow us to go deeper and deeper in the content of the faith. We meet every week sharing our experiences, our questions, our difficulties. And in doing that, clearly, we start to share life. The problems comes out, you know, this, this person has a problem with his, his mother. So how can we help? And mm -hmm. you know, how can we? So 
that is what triggers then the, the broader life of the community. But school of community is this essential um, help to change the mentality because it's not a problem of beliefs. It's a problem of continuously testing our faith in front of the events of life mm -hmm. and finding it, you know, relevant and, 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 and the, the best answer. Um, in this way, uh, you, you walk, you continue to go deeper and, um, and, and doing this with your friends. You know, I thought, and I know Pope Benedict uh, really admired Dasani. He preached at his funeral, I think. And, um, and it seemed like he was really skilled at talking about the current problems we're facing today and solutions and analyzing them. It seemed like he did that method in his teaching and preaching very much that now, he was a genius, you know. Do you do you have other people like you like to read or hear what they're saying about uh, maybe the problems we're encountering in modernity? Yeah, N not a lot. I'm not a very cultured yeah. person in this sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I I read a lot of Benedict the Sixteenth, yeah. the books, um, but I I don't have a, a specific other. I, I I understand there is such a, a huge offer. Um, I am. I read a lot um, the classic, like for me, C.S. Lewis and Chesterton. Chesterton is one of my favorites that I go back and reread, because I think that the perspective um, of Chesterton is so close to the experience of the movement. For example, um, one text that I would recommend that I go back and reread is *Men Alive*, mm -hmm. uh, is one of the of the novels probably not one of the most famous of, of Chesterton, but that one brings the perspective of this man, innocent Smith, that is accused of terrible crimes that reveal themselves to be his attempt to have a new gaze on reality. Okay, So he gets in his house from the chimney and is confused as a burglar because he wanted to have a a different perspective of the table with his family sitting there mm. because he didn't accept the fact that, you know, that he was taking for granted their existence and their presence. That reflects exactly uh, the spirit of the movement in a certain sense, the rediscovery of things that are under our eyes that we, perhaps we have neglected or we are uh, taking for granted in, in their true value. Right. And this is fascinating, you know, because yeah. it's continuous rediscovery of very simple things that are, you know, at the root of, of our beliefs and right. the root of our awe in front of, of reality. Right. Because, you know, God talks to us through facts, through, through the reality that happens in front of our eyes. It's not in the clouds. It's at the root of the reality that unfolds in front of our eyes. And we need to be educated to recognize him in the reality as it unfolds. And it, it seems to me like, I was trying to mention before, that our, our suffering with things seems like it opens us up to that Christ vision or maybe the solution of the cross and that reality or something that kind of wakes us up to makes us open to God, I think. It's been kind of my experience that, well, like I think of like like Lord of the Rings, you know, that at the end, you know, where Frodo, he fails. He fails to, you know, and Gollum and Mercy, he was allowed to live. 
this wicked creature, right? <laughs> he bites off his finger. I was very, you know, it wasn't Frodo's freedom. It's like Gollum bites off his finger and the finger winds up in the volcano, right? And and to me, it's like such a powerful image of God's providence, his grace moving, that I need God's grace. I don't have the strength myself. And Absolutely. it, you know, in my personal experience of that in my faith journey makes me appreciate the beauty of Tolkien's theme. You know, all of a sudden that, that's powerful because I've suffered with that, that I, I don't know if it's necessary, but it just seems like in my life, it seems like suffering kind of gives me a sensitivity or an openness to finding Christ or something. That No, I, I, I agree. It's, um, it's a great point. We suffered a lot, uh, our daughter, Chiara lost uh, two babies. They were born alive. One died immediately, the other one after nine days. It was definitely, and we were there living the whole experience with her and, and, and her, her husband. It was a, an, an experience of suffering, you know, but an experience that opened us to one fundamental thing is the, the fact that we depend, depend totally from Him. But we depend not as, we are dependent and so connected. So it was a period of suffering, but a period of really constant begging for his presence to, to be there and recognizing his presence there. So it was not an unhappy period. Mm -hmm. It was a period in which you recognize this fundamental truth as so true that can carry on in front of the difficulty. Mm -hmm. And at the end, you find yourself richer in terms of, of a human experience, closer to my daughter and her husband, and more convinced that, you know, we are really made by another. And so in this sense, I, I think I agree totally with you. Suffering opens to this fundamental dependency that is usually neglected because we are proud and we would say, no, okay, I, I get it, I get it. Let, let mm -hmm. me let me do it. You know, I do it, I do it. Thank you, thank you. Mm -hmm. Stay there. You know, right. I don't need you because right. I can now fix the problem. I understand how to do it. While in reality, the problem of life is constantly go back to this fundamental dependency, beg for his presence, and and the walk in life, recognizing the signs of his presence. Right. And when we find it, we we are very happy. You know? Right. And Jasani himself, his degrees, what were they in? Is systematic or moral or? Yeah, in Catholic University, he, he taught moral theology. Okay. But he wrote different books. He came to the United States and wrote a very interesting book on the, the Protestants in, in, in US. So he examined the different positions and different proposals. And so he spent six months here and wrote this, this interesting book. Um, he what? definitely neglected his um, career in, in, in college as a professor because he was dedicating 100% of his time to the life of the movement and staying with mm -hmm. the students and, and living mm -hmm. the, and, and developing the experience as it was unfolding. Did, did he have things he admired about American Protestantism? Or? I no, I I don't know sincerely. Um, I remember that he he had a particular 
interest, uh, love for for United States, for a lot of the values represented, you know, the, the value of freedom, and uh, he really wanted to uh, to see the movement present in the United States, mm -hmm. and he asked for the help of uh, Monsignor Albacete, mm -hmm. um, that died a few years mm -hmm. ago, and uh, Monsignor Albacete was the face of communal liberation um, in the United States for many years, an extraordinary mm, character. Um, and uh, yeah, a great friendship uh, he had mm -hmm. with Father Giussani. And, yeah, so, but he, he really had a great esteem for, for this, this country. Right, right. And just close with this. Uh, we were talking at lunch about, uh, you know, Christians are having to confront the transgender movement. And I thought you had an interesting insight about, you know, it seems like big tech is pushing some of these very liberal social causes, including transgenderism. And what was your take on that? Why there? Yeah, my impression is that, you know, um, we are at the point where the trust in technology and man's ability to redefine everything is touching a point of uh, an apex, you know. Mm. <laughs> so where nothing exists with a predefined purpose, everything can be redefined. Mm. Sexuality is men or women, okay? If we have enough money and enough technology, we can transform anything in anything that we want. Mm. Refusing completely the fact that there is a, a given at the beginning that characterizes and makes us different mm. or something different. No, if you have enough technology, you can resolve even the problem of death, you know? Mm. You know, you be, become a... <laughs> I do not know, a different kind of entity that continues, survives, you know, forever in, in the network. Right. Mm. Okay. Interesting thought. Yeah. You know, what I find interesting, too, is that your background is computer science and data analysis and things. And, uh, yeah, just it, it just seems like communion and friendship and gathering together usually... The engineering world and everything they're not as good as the uh socialization of communion i mean i have an engineering background too but um anyway i just i think it's fascinating you're drawing being drawn to it yeah maybe because it, as i was telling you at the beginning the experience of uh community in college for me was extraordinary okay mm -hmm. and I always mention the fact that you know we were a community of 600 students mm -hmm. in in my in my school, and um, we used to say the, the the hour in the middle of the day before going to our classes, and imagine 400 students in a room, you know, praying together before going to their classes. Mm -hmm. um, this gives, in a certain sense, the image of how intense. You know, the experience was we had a, a bookstore because we started to publish books because we saw mm -hmm. the need of, you know, collecting notes because they were, were not the good books, mm -hmm. the, 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 you know, available at the moment. Or we were doing charitable work in, in very large groups in, in the outskirts of the city. I was a representative of the students in one of the body of the college and it was... A, a normal thing for us to be present, you know, in, in the institutions, right. you know, 
uh, wherever it was necessary. So a very intense experience. So my uh, love for developing software or the rest was not disconnected by all these other events mm. that helped me to put in perspective what I was studying as part of, mm. you know, a, a much broader process of growth of the person. Mm. So the person doesn't grow simply studying, but, you know, making experience of the one that I mentioned that, you know, make you understand what life is so that you can face any problem, you know, right. even the technical problems with this wealth of, of understanding of the totality of reality, not only a small aspect. Right. Well, thank you, Marco, so much for talking. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Mm -hmm.